Good morning or early afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders worldwide. Um, you may have noticed if you were watching your podcast alerts that there was a late update sent earlier this morning. That was actually scheduled for late yesterday. However, the very AWS issues that I was mentioning in that episode were part of the problem with the delay in getting it out because there are issues with my main podcast platform that they were aware of. I delayed on putting it up there because I wanted to let kind of things die off a little bit. So we're back. We're back in stream and I am going to do a morning update as I committed and we should be back on track. Um, I may not have a secondary update for you this afternoon. We'll have to play it out, but I, I may not because most of the news that I'll be able to cover today, I think I can cover it in the morning update. So just be aware, I may or may not have a secondary update today, especially because I did the late update earlier, but I want to make sure I have the today information so it's fresh on mine. So let's dig into this. And then the first thing I'll talk about is Satama. Uh, Satama has had a headline spread of the coin market cap. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's been a back and forth with coin market cap with respect to the Satama team and getting it listed as a top 100 coin. The way that that works in coin market cap is that they'll list or they're supposed to list tokens that hit a certain market cap or greater. And then there's a list of top 100 coins. And then when you're there, that of course opens up opportunity for newer investors to see that. So it's a kind of a form of marketing and then presumably buy into the token and then take it to the next level. SHIB hit that list at one point. Doge hit that list at one point. And so there was an assumption that it was going to be Satama kind of next. CoinMarketCap as of right now has not listed that into the top 100, even though um, it has hit the top 100 coins according to what it's supposed to do. So they're doing their job. So I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a mere delay. I think there's something else under the hood, perhaps that they're expecting to happen. Now, this is fresh off, of course, the heels of them listing, you know, the true statement about what happened with Willie D. It's been in the past. It's been a long time ago. But what that banner did is it basically tanked the volume to a significant degree. And then, of course, that banner took place immediately after the failed Vegas event. And then the Vegas event, things were promised. They were not delivered. And there were, again, information was not delivered prior to that event that would have educated people and possibly avoided somebody who just got pissed off and went up there to CoinMarketCap, put the banner up there out of spite. So you have these areas where there's, again, I mentioned in a previous episode that you start making enemies and then you have to do something about it. And, you know, ultimately I still remain, despite what people think, bullish about the project in general, but I've always been on record saying I wanted more in terms of transparency and communication up front. It's, it's fine that you do it after the fact, but I'd rather see you do it before the FUD sets in. So with coin market cap, we don't know now that there might not be a situation where coin market cap saying, well, we're just not sure about these guys. And so we're not going to list them. That could be a symptom. Could be that some of those very enemies are in coin market cap. There's so many unknowns. And so the fact that they're not being listed, I don't think it directly hurts the project, but it doesn't give that extra boost that you would expect from getting it. And I'll stress it again, and I'll keep stressing it until people listen to me. I maintain a bullish stance on the project. I think it's a solid project. I think it's clean. I think it's a good team generally. I think they're just making mistakes that are preventable and I think they're making enemies in certain places. And when you do those mistakes, even if you didn't mean to, because it's a mistake, but if you're not giving the information before it to manage the FUD, you make enemies that this could be, and then they're going to do everything they can to try to hold you back. 
Obviously, they're not going to win long term if you have a solid project. What I'm saying is it delays what should have happened by now, which is that we certainly should have had another zero dropped. It certainly should have been sustainable way above that previous resistance en route to the next zero dropping. I still think it's going to happen in Q1. I'm still holding that prediction, but that's assuming that there's no more preventable mistakes made in the future that would create additional um, enemies in certain areas. The other bit of news, if you haven't heard about Visa. So Visa is playing the Me Too stance. They're saying crypto is popular. They're saying they can't win on the bank side and they're, they want a piece, right? They want to make their money. And so they're trying to get into crypto consulting. And this would this is not for transactions because obviously they don't want to kill their core business. But what they're doing is basically to advise their big clients and their merchants about how they can start adopting crypto. So it's a good thing, certainly. But I get I get nervous when I see companies like a Visa or MasterCard or whoever trying to get involved because what what they'll tend to do is I said in another episode they'll try to transform it back to the standard. So then you'll see, okay, in order to transact crypto, you got to have our card and then you got to run the chip in there. And then you got to enter a pin code at the point of sale terminal and you may have to sign a receipt and they'll, they'll slow the process down instead of what it could and should be, which is touchless contactless, which we in the United States have not adopted at a wide scale and simplifying the process to where you don't have to do all the hoops that are necessarily there on the fiat side, but don't need to be there on the crypto. Now that said, when you get Visa and MasterCard companies involved, the United States government is gonna want to overregulate because they're already subject to regulation on the fiat side. So the reason I'm raising this concern is that if you try to copy paste those same fiat regulations over to cryptocurrency, crypto's not gonna take off and I'll stand by that stance. I don't wanna see it. You have to think of crypto as something different, which is it doesn't have any value until you transact it. And we should not allow the value to be suppressed or depressed as it is on the stock side where some arbitrary firm in in New York can just halt trading and basically block people from trading. That's one thing that they do to keep people from getting wealthy in a short period of time. In crypto, that's not the case. The only thing that could really halt trading would be the developer assuming they didn't renounce it. So that creates a free market. It allows, if it's going to grow and it's going to take off, it's going to take off, let it happen. And if you make 100 millionaires, so what? I think when the visas and the MasterCards of the world get involved, there's going to be a push to try to force crypto into the stock structure, which means limiting when people can get rich, limiting the growth of prices, limiting when you can buy in, and then limiting point-of-sale transactions, which is going to limit the whole point of crypto. Now, if they only do this for, say, Bitcoin, I'm cool with that. That's fine. Where we say, hey, Bitcoin is the accepted because we can, we can, we've already infected it and we can suppress it all day. But all the other ones on Ethereum and level twos, we can't, we're not going to touch those. And you can still do those normal. I would be fine with that. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But me personally, I'm nervous to see them even being involved. I wish they would just leave it alone, stay with Fiat as you're doing. And just stay out of it. But I understand they're going to try to get their money however they're going to do. And it's a me too situation with them. And then another part real quick is um, if you are a Fidelity company, Fidelity is trying to build out its cryptocurrency handling. Now, this doesn't mean that they're going to get into exchange. But what it does mean is that they're going to embrace it a little bit more than they're doing right now. And they're building, they built out an arm called Fidelity Digital Assets. And what this is trying to do is around Bitcoin alone. So this is what I said. 
Bitcoin alone and I'm cool with, then they're going to try to integrate with other tools like a Nexo and others to allow lending and other sorts of interactions with these companies. This is going to start as far as I can see in the European market. And I think that's a pilot. If it turns out successful, you could see this go more widespread. And again, if it stays Bitcoin only, I'm perfectly cool with it. Cause I do think that Bitcoin is stable enough and reliable enough and is widespread enough that even if you were to put those kinds of constraints on Bitcoin, the worst that would happen is that people would be able to buy in easier than they can today. And that's not a bad thing. I don't think that they would ruin Bitcoin. And as long as they stay away from the other ones, I've got no issue with that. And then the last news update I'll cover is about a token that I covered before. And I don't recall if I gave an extensive update about this one, but I did talk about it. I remember the episode and that's Rich Quack. And I said that Rich Quack was making millionaires. It legitimately was making millionaires. And certain people are skeptical of Rich Quack. And I say it, Rich Quack is on exchanges. Rich Quack has been audited. Rich Quack is, it's here to stay, at least right now. And it has made millionaires because of what happens with its price movement. Now I will caveat you. Rich Quack is one of those tokens where it's expected that you're going to invest in a pretty significant bag. And at some point it is going to double. It's almost guaranteed. It kind of goes in these waves. So if you invest, let's say a thousand dollars in this dude, it is going to get you to $2,000 if you invest at the right point. So right when it's about to come right back up off of a dip and you invest a thousand dollars, you'll see that it went up like 50% to a hundred percent and then eventually to go back down. But then you can, you've doubled your profit. So you can realize the profit out of it, leave the thousand in there. You get reflections off this guy and then do it again. And then toss another thousand in there, let it double to four. Like it's that, it's that volatile, but at the same time, there's a certain odd stability about rich quack that I can't explain to you. And it seems like people that are bought into it, know what they're getting into. They know what it is. They know what they're supposed to do, which is essentially buy on the dip, sell on the profit. It's as standard as it gets. And because it's on an exchange, you're not having to worry about now it's on the Binance smart chain, but you wouldn't have to worry about like gas fees or that transfer transfer is a different thing, but you could go to the exchange. So I use gate IO when I did it, go to the exchange buy a thousand dollars of it when it's just about to come out of a dip. So let's say it's about 10% and you see it's trending upward. You toss like a thousand dollars in that thing and just ignore it. You're not going to get the reflections, but then when it goes and it peaks, that guy easily will hit you 50% to hundred percent almost every single time, like clockwork. Then you just have to time when it seems to taper off, when you can start seeing more sell behavior and then sell for profit, not sell all the way out, leave the bag in there and then just do it again. Or you could go to the wallet because it's Binance smart chain, toss a thousand in there, get the reflections. So you're making a lot off the reflections because there's heavy buy and sell traffic and there's fees then sell off for the profit and then just let it sit there and do it again. I was able to do that three or four times. This guy is, I can't tell you that it's not a scam because from what I can tell, I don't see a utility to it at all, except to make people rich. That doesn't mean it's a scam, but I can't tell you it's not because it hasn't been around long enough. I am telling you that from what I can see, this guy's here to stay. And it's just that people understand it's here to make profit. It's here to make people rich is its goal. And it seems to have done this. And so for that reason, I don't see a problem. If it's a small amount of money, it's your so-called F money that you can play with. I don't see a problem tossing a little bag and just watching it do that and prove it out. You, you mitigate your risk. Just don't go YOLO into it. I don't think it's, I don't think you should do that, right? Toss a small, whatever to you is a small amount of money, toss it to rich quack. And when you time it, just watch it. 
just watch and you'll see what I'm saying, that it constantly will go right back up. It's not going to be one of those long haul where over the time you're going to make accrued profits unless you're in a wallet and you're just collecting the reflections. And even then you would have to invest, I would say minimum a thousand dollars for the reflections to be worth your time. So that's my opinion on that one. Last bit of news I'll cover today. There was a tweet sent out and it was based on a news article and it said, Shiba Whale buys 3.2 trillion coins worth 125 million in three different transactions. And this was all originated from uh, a whale stats tweet and the whale stats. Um, unfortunately, if you understand how whale stats works, whale stats is basically an automated, partially automated thing. And what it's talking about is it queries the, the, the chain and identifies transactions over a certain threshold. The problem with this message and the problem with the news article is that there wasn't a purchase of that amount. There was a transfer of that amount. I wanted to break this down. When you, I talked about how price movement works. It is basically variable and it's according to sentiment to some degree, but also circulating supply versus total supply. If your circulating supply does not change, your price is not going to change. If your total supply does not change, your price is not going to change. So in this, when you are transferring between wallets, the circulating supply has not changed. The analogy is this. If I have $100,000 in your brown wallet and 100000 and I move your $100,000 to a black wallet, how much do you have? $100,000. Nothing has changed. If person A gives person B that $100,000, person A is down $100,000, person B is up $100,000, the total has not changed. So because it's just a transfer, you would not have seen any price movement. That's how you know that it was not a purchase transaction. It could not have been. The only way that this would have made any sort of significant dent would have been if there was a true purchase and that large of a purchase would have had to come from an exchange. And I don't think any of the exchanges really have that much to be able to do it. Now, here's the catch and what I want to talk about. Because it's a transfer and because wallets are generally anonymous in nature, we don't really know the transfer intent. Was the transfer intent coming from people who had already bought outside of, let's say, Robinhood and transferred it to a Robinhood address, the blockchain will tell us if it's a Robinhood address, so we can debunk this one. Is it whale one to whale two? Could it be that it's some sort of hedge fund that bought on behalf of a client? There's all sorts of possibilities of what it means, and I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. It's certainly not something that's bad because it shows interest in the product, right? And volume, volume that's moving does affect price to some degree. I'm simply saying that unless you have affected circulating or total, you're not going to see significant price movement as a result of this announcement. I'm not debunking the announcement. I'm saying that we need to come back down to earth and realize that ultimately it's not going to have a significant appreciable impact on the price if it doesn't affect circulating supply. That's important to keep that in mind when you're building your portfolio because a lot of this, you know, these social media posts and news posts tend to misrepresent what's truly happening. And my goal and many others is to try to level set and bring people back down to earth about what's happening there. And then I want to round out with the underdog token. And, you know, I want to caveat before I talk about this token. I am, I'm not embarrassed, but I know some people will be a little bit nervous about it or they're listening to this at work. I have to say its name, but unfortunately its name is one that you probably don't want to have on loud. So if you are on speakers, let's say, you might want to turn those into a head, headphones or maybe turn down and put your ear to the speaker just to make sure. 
just to make sure that you're not going to improperly have somebody walk by and say, what the heck are you listening to? But it's the name of the token. I'm, I'm not kidding you. It is what it is. I'm sorry. It's the name of the token. And I think it's important that you're aware of it. And it's called Porn Rocket. And you can spell it yourself. But this token, and I won't say its name again, but this token has a unique use case. If you couldn't tell by the name, it should be very obvious. Um, I would give you the web address. However, some of the photography that is on the site is probably not safe for work. And thus, I will not do it here. But you are free to, at your free time, I implore you not to do it work, on your free time, go and check out the name Porn Rocket in your search engine and you will find some information and imagery and other things and you'll try to ignore what's out there and hopefully you'll get to the top hit, which should get you to the site. The site is not, you're not going to see what the name implies directly. It's just that it's probably not appropriate to look at it a workplace, but it's not like you know, it's PG-13 stuff. I'm just saying in work, you probably don't want to be browsing this. So I don't want to get you in trouble. But ultimately, I'm, the reason I'm calling this one out is because its use case, as implied by its name, is to help power the adult industry. And there was a news article some time ago about OnlyFans, and they were kicking off adult material from OnlyFans. This tool, is it stepped in and said, you know, we need a better solution. We need a solution for adult actors to be able to get paid properly. We want to do NFTs to where people might want to create collectible types of artwork. Um, this one is, this one is backed by some, if now, if you follow it, but if you're in the adult industry, there are some people that are, I would consider them past meaning they were in it and they got out of it. And now they're trying to do something to give back to the industry. And so they've, they've contracted with a lot of these folks and the goal and outcome of course is to um, promote this particular token uh, on behalf of the industry and those who, you know, will, you know, they don't want to be doing what they were doing, but they want to try to get in and, and help other people. So they've contracted to create some artwork um, for this. So they've got some NFTs there. Again, these are people that were in the business and then they're out of the business, but they had uh, apparently the desire to submit some artwork for it. Um, some of them you may be, again, if you follow it, you may be aware of and Some of them you may not be you know, of the list myself, and I wouldn't consider myself a follower, but I am recently aware of people in the business as I've had friends in the business. And so of the list, I only recognize three names of the three names. You know, only one of them really stands out as somebody that I would assume um, would have some serious artwork to contribute. Not saying that, that the others would not. I'm saying that from what I know, one of them I know is legit in, in their ability to create the content for this. So the thing is, is that this industry is popular, financially popular. It has been popular for years. It'll continue to be popular. And what it tries to do is get away from what you currently have in that industry, which is piracy and theft of the of the IP. So this, if they're able to make the, jump this off and make this work, it has a potential to make a lot of money in the short term, but also in the long term. And it's contributing back to people who may need that money. Remember, there's a lot of drug abuse. There's a lot of crime. There's a lot of, you know, nefarious actors, I'll say, um, that are exploitative within the business. And some people get trapped in it for a period and they feel like they have no recourse. And then some people are in it willingly at first, but they realize it's not as glorious as they might've. So there's a lot of stories about what's going on here. And so if this is their attempt to try to clean it up at least a little bit, uh, and go somewhat legitimate. I mean, I think that's a good thing for everybody. So 
I'm calling it out because at least it's as part of an investment. I think it's worth at least taking a look at. Obviously, if you're one that's not wanting to support it at all, that's your business. And I'm not trying to tell you that it is straight and narrow or anything. I, I can tell you 100%. I'll say 100%. This is not a scam. It is legitimate. It's built by legitimate people. It's managed by legitimate people. One of the people behind this guy, he was one of the first to build out a Bitcoin ATM network. The companies that are backing this are serious about what they're doing. And so I, there's no scam to this. I, you know, I'd be shocked if this had any sort of scam intents or purpose just based on all the people involved and what they're trying to do. So Again, I would not when you're at work, don't use a work computer for this, but at some point when you're at free liberty, um, do check it out, do a search. Again, I'm not going to say the name again, but do a search, check it, see if it makes sense for you. And if it does make sense for you as part of a diverse portfolio, again, I can almost confidently assure you that they're, they're not going anywhere. They're going to be here. And there's, there's definitely something to this. Um, I will tell you in, in caution, and I stress this is that. I don't know how the, like with this, when you contrast this with what OnlyFans does, because OnlyFans does essentially the same thing. But with OnlyFans, you're not investing in a project or a platform or a group or a team. With OnlyFans, you're only investing with a single person. You're investing in that one entity, that person, and giving them money. And if that's cool with you, cool. But you might want to think a little bit deeper about whether it makes sense to invest in a single person or it makes sense to invest in the the industry because if you're investing in one person you don't know what they're going to do uh with your money so i would call that out and just make sure that you are staying safe and you're doing your own research now i want to call out one thing i did notice and this is up to you to make your own decision about what it means and again for your own portfolio but this it's supposed to be on three exchanges, uh, Hotbit, LBank, and BitMart. So if you're thinking to buy it on exchange, which I would recommend instead of through a wallet, um, then you'll have to go through BitMart. And of course, BitMart is the one that recently had the hack happen. So I'm cautioning you <laughs> that if you are going to look at it, you look at it, you say, yeah, I want to buy this. Please don't leave it in BitMart. Please get it out into your wallet. Do not leave it there because I don't necessarily trust BitMart. And the fact that they're not, they're supposed to be on the other two, but I'm not able to find a record of it. Either they're not there yet, or they might have been kicked off. I suspect they were there at some point, and then they were disabled. And it might have been because of the BitMart hack, I don't know. So there's a volatility there that I can't specifically describe or explain. Just stay safe. And that's why I'm telling you to do your own research and make sure that it's the right move for you. Don't just jump into it because I'm telling you to. And don't just jump into it to make a quick buck. Make sure it makes sense. Be smart about it. Take the time to do the research before you make any sort of decision. And that's today's update I got for you. And then, like I said, I doubtful will do an afternoon release. I'm not sure yet, but I doubt I will because I think I covered enough in today's update for the day. If something significant comes up, I will surely cover it. But as of right now, I believe I've been as comprehensive as I can be. Do your research. Watch out for what you're doing. And take care today. Um, I'm going to be filling out some paperwork and stuff. But again, if you do have comments, questions, please leave those on Substack. I do read those, and I am interested to hear any feedback, comments, questions, or suggestions you may have for me. Thanks. That'll do it for today's Crypto Talk Radio episode. I want to thank you for listening today. We know you've got choices. CryptoTalkRadio.net 
If you would, we would appreciate. At the very top, we have a contact form. Fill that out. Let us know what your thoughts are. If we're doing great or something you don't like, we always love to hear from our listeners. If you don't mind spreading the word, we would also appreciate that. If you think other people would benefit from the type of coverage that we do, we work hard to try to be different than every other type of podcaster or YouTuber that's out there. So hopefully we're on track with that. Finally, our YouTube channel, of course, is at Basic Cryptonomics. If you want to find us on there, those are dedicated, specific, exclusive types of episodes. So you'll hear things there that you won't hear on the podcast and vice versa. Check us out there for more quick and dirty coverages. Until next time, take care.